Hey, Lakeland Magic fans, next time you want to explore all the things to see and do close to home, make sure you go to www.visitcentralflorida.org. Polk County is home to incredible outdoor adventures, sensational dining, and has incredible world-class attractions, including Legoland, Florida Resort, Safari Wilderness, and Bach Tower Gardens. This and much more await you right here in our sweet backyard. So follow your fandom to visitcentralflorida.org and discover why Florida's sweetest spot will be your family's favorite. Welcome into the Down the Road podcast covering your NBA G League champion, Lakeland Magic. It feels good to say that. Welcome into another episode. I'm Nick Gronowitz, voice of the Lakeland Magic. and We've got a great episode set up for you here today. Uh, it is with Devin Kennedy. He is the 2021 NBA G League Finals MVP, the point guard for your Lakeland Magic. We're going to talk about, of course, the confetti falling on the floor, what it was like to win an NBA G League championship, playing in the G League bubble, and what it was like during those six, seven weeks uh, on the way to a championship. And then what's next for Devin Kennedy, of course, out of Princeton. So what do you say we get to that conversation? He is your G League Finals MVP, Devin Kennedy. Devin, man, I really do appreciate giving us some of your time. How you doing? Man, thanks for having me, first off. Uh, and I'm doing well. You know, winning that, that G League championship with our guys down in Lakeland uh, in the bubble was a was an awesome experience, you know. And, and it took a couple of days, you know, just to let that sink in. You know, what we did as a unit, obviously coming away with the finals MVP was a nice additional bonus. Uh, but I felt good, you know, the whole bubble, you know, especially as we progressed. And now, you know, just staying patient, staying ready in the gym, uh, hoping for, you know, an opportunity here coming up. I was going to ask you right off the bat, this is what Devin Kennedy does, though, right? I mean, you play in the G League Finals. You've played two G League seasons, and I guess two plus, because you had one one season that was was stopped last year because of the pandemic. You've been in the Finals twice, right? One, one Once with Long Island, and then once now with Lakeland and, and the championship. So I, last year was my first season. Oh, so okay, I'm wrong. Last year was my first G League season, yeah. Taj McCall, he has some experience playing in the finals. He was with Long Island that year. Okay, that's where I got confused. All right, because I was looking through, and I was like, did he play? Okay, then then I'm just, I'm totally off. I'm going to keep this in so people know I'm a doofus, but I mean, that's all right. Um, <laughs> no, shout out to Taj. Taj yeah. McCall was obviously a, a big reason why we were there in the first place, uh, was, was named first team all defensive for the G League. So he was instrumental to our success. He definitely, you know, we were one of the best defensive teams in the G League bubble the whole time. He's a big reason why, so. You know, it's all right you messed up, but definitely no shout-out to Taj. No, I mean, he's he had an unbelievable season both on the offensive side and the defensive side. What's it like playing playing next to a guy like that where you know he's just going to lock guys down and make it easier for the other four guys on the floor? He, and I told him this, especially after we won, but having him and his presence on, just in the locker room, uh, off the court, and then obviously on the defensive end, I learned a lot from him. And defense is one of those areas that, you know, I, I haven't necessarily been known as a as a lockdown defender, but he definitely has taught me things, you know, on the fly and during the season that I'm definitely going to take with me in my career uh, to be a better defender. So he's just the ultimate team guy, someone that you you definitely want to have on your team and someone you'll hate playing against. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, his, where his next steps are in his journey, but it was definitely great being his teammate this year. Yeah, I know that we have some people that uh, that that have kids that play basketball that listen to the pod. So I I'd like to ask you just go a little further in depth. What do you 
what what about his defense? I guess did you learn? Because like you, you can't teach the 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 Taj McCall wingspan, right? I mean, I'm never going to have a wingspan like his. But what did he do? I guess defensively that you did pick up pick up that you're going to bring forward. He he was. I told him he's like Ed Reed or Ray Lewis on the defensive end. He just sees things way before they even happen. There was one possession I can almost remember vividly where he was in the corner guarding a guy. There was 20 seconds left at the end of a quarter. He he preemptively told his guy to switch, uh, one of our teammates to switch. So as the big was going up to set a screen, he could be guarding him so he could switch onto the ball and get a stop. And it was just amazing to watch. So just, you know, his the, the attention to detail and the focus that he brought to that side of the floor is something that I actually bring to the offensive end and something I've definitely, you know, um, you know, in terms of just being spacing, you know, being in the right place, he he does that on the defensive end. So I, I'd say to, you know, the people listening uh, and the followers of basketball, I think Taj is one of those guys who just watches a lot of basketball and cares about the game enough to apply it when he's playing. I and love- so I think that's just something I'll take away. Yeah, I love I love the way that you, you kind of carried that over to an Ed Reed or someone like that, that anticipation. And you're right, now that I'm thinking back through watching those games throughout the playoff run, especially the way he was able to anticipate both the switches and kind of what, you know, whether it be in Erie or Santa Cruz or even Delaware during that finals game, uh, that's a great way to put it, kind of just in terms of being that safety, that quarterback on the defense. Uh, he he put together a heck of a run, uh, albeit in a shortened season, but uh, we've seen in past seasons him do it throughout an entire uh, regular season and playoffs in the G League. Uh, Devin, uh, take me back through the playoff run. Let's let's just go through that a little bit because uh, you guys, of course, win the title, but you beat Erie, you beat Santa Cruz, then Delaware. What what sticks out to you most other than the confetti falling, I guess, from the three games in, in the G League bubble playoffs? So for me, obviously, as a team, we shot the ball exceptionally well, especially that first game and then, Honestly, throughout those first two games, you know, we de- we weren't necessarily making shots uh, in the finals, but as we were as we were finding really hitting our stride against Erie, uh, we just we just came together so much more as a team. And I think in that sort of setting, being isolated, you know, being in a bubble, not having access to your you know friends, family, uh, and loved ones, we really just bought in as a team and as a unit. Uh, and I think that's what stood out to me was, you know, we were unselfish. We didn't care who had 20, who, if, if anyone could have went for 30, but we really, you know, just played as a team. And if someone had a hot hand, really fed them. I think that's what really attributed to us coming out on top in the end. Uh, we just, we just kind of gave up, you know, those individual successes or accolades and, and, and bought in for the team. And, you know, we had Antonio Campbell step up, my boy, Robert Franks, he had a great, you know, playoff run, and everyone contributed in a big way. So I think when I look back, you know, this this year, 2021 Lakeland Magic team was probably one of the most fun teams I've been around and teams to be a part of. Uh, it's just because we cared about each other so much. Yeah, I, I you mentioned the bubble. Uh, I want to follow up on that really quickly because I think we saw with the NBA side when they were there last fall, and then with some of the teams on the G League side, uh, if it whether you were in the bubble and things were going well or they weren't going well, it was kind of the same. And that was, I guess, you could just kind of lock into what was going on. As you said, there were fewer distractions. Did Is that kind of how it felt while you guys were going, where it was just basketball and if it was going well and you guys won five or six to finish the regular season, of course, or when you lost four in a row, is it just, hey, we this is all we can focus on? Was it kind of easier to get some momentum that way, I guess, in, in that playoff push? 
Yeah, and I think during that four-game losing streak, we, we're just trying to figure things out. And, and it's such a shortened season that if you look at a regular G League season, I think we played, what, a total of 18 games? And that's usually around that 18-20 game mark when, when in a regular season you're, you're figuring out, okay, what works for us, what doesn't work, uh, what are our rotations going to look like, what's our identity. And so we just, like you said, and to your point, you know, with the limited distractions but also limited time, um, you know, we had to we had to figure things out pretty fast, and I think that's what you saw in the in those last five six games. Whenever that winning streak took place, uh, was we we were coming together. You know, in the time off when when you're just in your downtime, you want to just kind of relax for a little bit, but at the same time, you know, we're here for a specific purpose. So a lot of our conversations were centered around basketball. Um, you know, a lot of the time we were talking about things we can do together to you know, to make it easier for us on the offensive side of things because we were getting stops on defense. But, you know, it it all worked out how it was supposed to. Um, and, and like I said, we just came together at the right time. Yeah, you mentioned that that point when you guys were going through a losing streak. Uh, you were 4-5 and five at one point, Tom. I remember we did uh, an interview with Anthony Parker, uh, and, and I, I kind of asked AP, like, yeah, you guys can still make a playoff push here. And he was very confident that you guys were going to make the playoffs. When you guys were sitting there at four and five, what what was the feeling from from just the team aspect? Were you guys still confident that you could get it together and make the playoffs? So I think when we were sitting at four and five, uh, it was before actually the Delaware game, if I'm correct, um, the first time. And we had a players-only meeting. We we were basically in our team room and just just basically decided, like, you know, we don't have a lot of time. This 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 game is crucial. It's one of those pivot points. I think we still had Mamadi uh, Diakite on the roster, and and it was that Blue Coast game that kind of sw- turned things around. The ball was moving, and, and our offense just had been relatively stagnant up till then. Uh, we just didn't really know who you know, who wanted the ball in what spots, you know, how can we get guys to their strengths? And, and obviously Mamadi filled a lot of those holes just by, you know, his presence. You know, he was the dominant force in the G League. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to have a great career in the in the NBA. But it was just one of those things where we, we, we had to just figure it out and, and trust in each other. And that player's only meeting, I think, was a catalyst for us. We got a good win against Delaware. And then we actually went on a little win streak before losing to, I think, 905 in that, that season, a regular season finale. Um, but, yeah, I think the biggest thing for any team in that bubble, uh, teams that were successful and that weren't, were, were, were you able to buy in to each other and, and kind of forego those individual successes that you, you really, a lot of guys tend to seek in the G League is, you know, I want to do well so I can get my call up. Uh, but I think we, we definitely just – had a really open and honest conversation of let's just buy in as a team. We'll all end up being successful at the end of the day if we do that. Yeah, and that seems to be a calling card of the Lakeland organization, Devin, uh, because uh, we we have you know, I've, I've watched a lot of Lakeland Magic basketball throughout the you know the run since they they moved to Lakeland, and and I've always I've asked a, a, a ton of guys that have played for Stan Heath. Is it a message coming from the organization? Is it something that Stan presses? I what what was it like playing for Stan? Both uh, you know in in the season in the bubble there, of course, but is it is it something that he asks of guys where it's hey we we gotta kind of give up a little to to get further as a team what was it like playing for stan first of all stan stan he, he's a great coach one of you know the best coaches i've had in my playing career up to this point um and you know he he's just a realist you know he understands nobody wants to 
you know, end their career having a phenomenal G League career. Maybe some guys do, but for everybody from, you know, front office to the training staff, every, this is just one of those opportunities to grow, to learn, and and potentially and hopefully, you know, take that next step in your career. And I think that's what, you know, the G League is, is, is suited for. Um, you know, it's not long-term. So what Stan constantly preached to us from training camp to literally after we won the championship was was that, you know, if you're looking to make it to the NBA or Euro League, Euro Cup, somewhere where you're going to eventually get paid, obviously more, uh, you're going to have to buy into a role. You know, not everyone can, can score 30 and grab 10 rebounds. Uh, and NBA teams that are looking at the bubble critically, how can you be a fit in a piece on an NBA roster? So we, and I think AP and, you know, Tunji did a great job creating this roster to, to have those pieces for not only Lakeland, but, you know, for scouts at the next level to, to eye guys and potentially see them as fits. So that's what something that Stan, you know, preached to us was, how are you playing your NBA role? You know, if you're doing too much, you're probably not helping yourself in the long run. Um, so, you know, stick to what you do best. Stick to your strengths. Other guys have strengths. And, you know, feed to those. And I think, you know, we were, we were, we were trying to find that through our losing streak. Um, you know, we were just we were losing close games. I think the Spurs, Erie, um, OKC game, they were all close games. Um, but, yeah, once we had that, that meeting and, and really, look, Stan wants what's best for us, even though, you know, he may get, get, get on us at times. He wants what's best for us, so let's just buy into it. And, and we did, and, and we found a lot of success. So I'll attribute a lot of that to Stan. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's an unbelievable coach. Uh, he's he's done a great job with this organization, of course, this season. I couldn't be happier for him and for you guys uh, to bring home that championship. Uh, I, I, we've kind of gone through the playoff run here, but I, I want to ask you. So uh, you guys finish up, you, you beat Delaware, and you, you blow Delaware out in that final game. Uh, t- t- after after the final buzzer, what what do you remember about just the celebration? Confetti's coming down, obviously. Uh, what what sticks out to you from just the celebration of the championship? <laughs> I'm I, I'm trying to think back. So my sophomore year of college, uh, we won the Ivy League championship, going to play in March Madness. So that was the only other time I've celebrated in confetti. Uh, and I honestly, it was unexpected. It really felt like just another game. We weren't. I think we, we didn't put any pressure on ourselves that last game. We just went out there and competed, played for each other, played hard. And when the final buzzer sounded, I forget what I was doing uh, exactly. I was probably, you know, telling someone on Delaware, good job. And then next thing I knew, you know, there's there's blue and white confetti falling. You know, people are just smiling, laughing, jumping around. And there was a moment, I think it was called on camera, where I just put my arms in the air and was just, and was just like laughing, smiling, and celebrating. Uh, so it was really just a bunch of joy um, people were just happy. We spent seven weeks in this bubble, just focused on this mission, and we and we achieved it. So that's really that's really what it was. Was just everyone was happy and excited for each other. Uh, who was who was the most excited on the team uh, to to win the championship? Was it a guy like Andrew Rousey? I I, I don't want to say who partied the hardest because you guys were kind of in a bubble. Uh, but I mean, I guess who 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 uh, was the most excited for winning the title? Who was the most excited? Uh, it was probably Kareem May, Kareem Mane. Yeah. Kareem took his shirt off. He, he was doing the J.R. Smith celebration. Uh, I think we we were all just so happy. Uh, Kareem, I mean, he's, he's coming straight out of high school or that prep year. Um, you know, being on the two way with Orlando, coming down here, uh, just to, just to grow, get experience, play. 
Um, you know, I definitely saw his progression throughout the bubble, and it, <laughs> he was he was funny. So I'll definitely say him. But we were all we were all really excited. That's awesome. Uh, you, you mentioned that it felt like just any other game, a, a championship game, albeit at the G League level, but a, a finals game. Was the lack of crowd, did, did that take pressure off of you guys? And, and what was it like playing as many games as you did in high leverage games without a crowd? That must have been different. Yeah, yeah, there was really no, and even with our seed, it was like, look, there's no home court advantage. So, um, you know, what do we really have to lose? These guys, you know, with the better records, um, you know, they, they're the ones that you're going to have to face us. And we're we're, I think, one of the hottest teams at that point. So, it's, it was definitely weird playing without fans. Obviously, you know, I'm glad and I'm, um, you know, super thankful for the G League for, you know, having this season, you know, in general, but also, you know, having it be successful. And obviously that took not having fans. So uh, it was just a natural part of what we have to deal with, you know, as a nation overall, you know, dealing with COVID and as we try and get back to normal. But, um yeah, honestly, it's something that you don't really even realize. You're just so locked into the moment of the game, playing for each other, uh, you know, obviously with one goal, and that was to win. So um, I'm obviously excited, you know, wherever my next steps end up being, you know, hopefully having fans. Because uh, I, I feed off of that as well. Um, whether fans are against me or for me, I definitely feed off that energy. But we, we definitely were, I think, the most together group out of everyone off the floor. So we were able to bring that energy for each other on the floor, which was great. Yeah, personally, did it take you a little while to adjust to that? Like you said, you, you're you're someone who is affected by the lack of fans, or you feed, I guess, you feed off of that. So the first couple of games in in the bubble, there was was that something that you felt was that lack of fans? Uh, again, it's something I I didn't really feel it, but you know, if there were fans that were sitting courtside, or if there were fans, you know, that I could interact with a little bit, you know, during the game, I'm just someone who who, like, I'll talk to someone and be like, hey, I'm about to make this shot, just to give me some accountability for myself. And there were a couple of moments in the games where I told, and I actually told Justin Robinson of, of Delaware, I said, hey, if I get the ball, I'm making this next shot. He laughs. But I got open that possession and took the corner three and made it. And, and there was, like, a slow-motion video where I actually shrugged. It's because I talked to him. I said, hey, I told you. So that, I had to find different ways as well, but uh, – yeah, I really wasn't affected too much by by not having fans. Was the player interaction different without fans there? I've heard that that there was a little more trash talk maybe or things were slightly different. Did you know notice any difference? I think I and you know, I'm trying to think back to last year. People are always talking and chirping at each other. It may have been uh, you know, more pronounced given that there there weren't fans or arena noise. Um I think, you know, guys had to find a way to get going and, and talking trash was probably one of those ways. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I had to motivate myself by telling some, the opponent that I was about to shoot in their face. Um, so I'm sure that was happening throughout the whole bubble, but guys had to figure out ways to, to definitely get going. Yeah. Yeah. Just find a way to get kind of, kind of energized, locked in. Uh, I talked to a couple of people that uh, have, have kind of said the same, that it's just tough to, to, to get yourself focused when you're used to having fans and more energy in the arena. Uh, Devin, I, I guess I, I guess we'll not quite get you out on this, but I at least want to ask you because you've said a couple of times, uh, you know, what's what's next for you? Uh, you're you're a G League champion. You're a G League Finals MVP. Uh, what, what do you think is next for for Devin Kennedy? My my goal, you know, going into even last year being the G League was was to grow, was to learn, 
mature as a player, mature as a person, and you know, inevitably and and, and eventually, um, be be on an NBA roster and and show showcase what I can be um, for an NBA organization. I think I've definitely grown into that. I think I've done up to this point. I've shown and I've showcased what I can be for an NBA team. And um, you know, the trade deadline is actually tomorrow, Thursday. And, you know, I'm just I'm, – I'm training, staying in shape, um, watching a lot of basketball and, and, and waiting for that opportunity in, in whatever aspect or, um, that it may come in. So we'll see. We'll see who uh, ends up giving me an opportunity. I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, me and my agent, we're hopeful that that, that comes here uh, at the tail end of the season. But, yeah, I'm just being ready um, <laughs> and, and just prepared. So – I'm excited for the next step, whatever that may be. You mentioned that Stan Heath talked about, you know, being a piece of a roster, a piece of a puzzle. I guess if NBA teams were looking to add you, what piece do you bring to that roster? I, I guess what's the pitch to NBA teams that you would bring? I think first and foremost is my shooting. Um, you know, this year I did finish, I think, 40, 41% from three. Um, I know my whole college career, over four years, I was 40%. So, I feel like every team can use a shooter. Um, <laughs> I'm a shooter. So that's, that's first and foremost. I don't need the ball in my hands a lot. I can run the point guard position, get guys into an offense. So um, that's the biggest selling point is I'm an elite shooter. And, and like I said, teams can use elite shooting. Uh, but, but also, given the fact that I have played zero NBA games, I, I, feel, I don't feel like inexperienced, though, if that makes sense. I feel – ready and prepared for the moment um, whenever that, that call comes and bringing a level of maturity, even as a young guy, to a locker room um, and a commitment to winning, a commitment to, to growing and buying into to an organization and to the, the members on the team. Um, I, I, was just, I was just so thrilled winning the championship because I view the, my preparation, I view you know, the work I put in, um, and my commitment to, like I said, the, the, the big picture goal as a, for, from an organizational standpoint, uh, I can do that at every level. Um, and so whatever team ends up getting me, I think that's a team that's looking to, to win in the near future. And I think I can be a piece, maybe not a big piece, but, you know, every piece matters one through 15 and everyone in that organization. So that's what I'm looking for. Um, you know, I'm ready for whatever, whatever happens next, but, yeah, I, I think those are some of the things that I can contribute to and bring to an NBA team. Yeah, we, we, we hope that you get the call, of course, and uh, uh, you never know. Like you said, uh, the trade deadline is, is as we're taping this, uh, what, uh, 25 hours away, and then you've got 10-day contract season, and obviously uh, a guy like you, I, I hope that you do get that call. Uh, Devin, listen, I really do appreciate the time, man. Uh, during your off season. it was tremendous watching you and this Lakeland team uh go through the journey inside the uh, the G League bubble and, uh, of course, capturing that G League championship. Appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. There he is, your 2021 NBA G League Finals MVP, Lakeland Magic point guard Devin Kennedy, uh, as he said, trying to be ready for the 10-day contract NBA trade deadline season uh, that is uh, upon us right now. And good luck to, to Devin. I really do hope that he gets that call and ends up on a roster. We've seen plenty of G League players work their way onto a roster then prove that they belong in the NBA. Hey, listen, that's going to do it for us here on the Down the Road podcast covering your Lakeland magic. I'm Nick Grunowitz. Until next time, go Lakeland.
Hey, Lakeland Magic fans, next time you want to explore all the things to see and do close to home, make sure you go to www.visitcentralflorida.org. Polk County is home to incredible outdoor adventures, sensational dining, and has incredible world-class attractions, including Legoland, Florida Resort, Safari Wilderness, and Bach Tower Gardens. This and much more await you right here in our sweet backyard, so follow your fandom to visitcentralflorida.org and discover why Florida's sweetest spot will be your family's favorite. Bye.